Hi, this is Heather. And before we get into this episode, I just want to let you know of an opportunity that I am providing for you and anybody else that you think might appreciate it. I am offering a workshop about how to calm your mind in the branches of your family tree. So often we have just crazy brains that are so busy jumping from one obligation to the next, figuring out problems before they even happen, worrying about things that we can't change. And I want to show you how you can change your approach to researching your family history, use the research process to help you to train your brain to slow down, to be able to think clearly, and with that clarity of mind, be able to improve your relationships, improve your satisfaction of how your life is living. So if this is something that you think might benefit you, go ahead and jump down to the show notes. There is a link and you can get signed up and go ahead and email me if you have any problems problems or questions at heather at heathermurphygen.com. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Stories in Our Roots podcast. I'm your host, Heather Murphy. In this podcast, we dive deep into how knowing the stories of our ancestors can make a difference in our lives today. Discovering our family history is more than a hobby. It is a way to connect deeply with ourselves, those we love, and the world around us. Hello, this is Heather Murphy. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Stories in Our Roots. Today's guest is Dana Humphrey. We talked about why her grandparents left Denmark and moved to Canada, how getting her DNA tested changed her perspective on some things, and how she was able to not only connect to her ancestors, but also to herself better by finding things in common with her grandmother's. Dana is a life coach and death doula, and she's also an advisory beachhead for NZTE, owner of Whitegate PR, partner at the NYC Retails and Sales Pet Expo, and she is known as the Pet Lady. Humphrey is also a marketing course instructor for entrepreneurs and professors and enjoys life as a cat mama to Chance and Sassy and lives in Rockaway Park on the beach in Queens, New York. Here is the interview with Dana Humphrey. Hi, Dana. Thanks for joining me today. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Could you introduce yourself a little bit, please? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Basically, I was born in Canada. I grew up in London, England, and I mostly was raised in California. And I graduated from college, got a degree in public relations and moved to New York City and uh, started a PR firm. And I've been doing lots of different types of marketing endeavors since then. And I still live in New York. I live in Queens on the beach with my two cats, Chance and Sassy. Great. So how did you start researching your family history? Well, I have an aunt who on my dad's side, who has done a lot of research about our family and put together a really awesome family tree. But my sister and I have our entire lives have been asked by a lot of people if we are Latina. And we, you know, kind of like that idea and think it's fun and wanted to be want to be Latina. And so we decided to do the 23andMe test a couple of years ago. And um, on my mom's side of the family, my my grandparents are from Denmark. So in, in Danish, it means mother's mother and mother's father. 
and they moved to Canada after World War II. And so my mom speaks Danish and, you know, we have quite a bit of a Danish heritage there. So my sister and I always thought we were Danish. And then on my dad's side, they're Scottish and German. And we kind of thought that that was it. And maybe there was like some nice, you know, Spanish in there or Italian in there or something. Well, it turns out with the 23andMe that it said that we are more than 50% Irish. And so that really came as a shock because that's not in any parts of the stuff that I had known about. And I was, you know, I've been in New York now for 13 years and I used to live in a place called Astoria, which is a very Greek neighborhood. And now I live in a place called Rockaway, which is a very Irish neighborhood. So all of a sudden I found out that I'm Irish and I live in an Irish neighborhood. And I think also something that's kind of funny about this is that I've traveled a lot. I've been to over 80 countries, but I did go to Ireland with five of my girlfriends a couple years ago, and I found it really hard to connect with, with Irish people. And that's one of the a video that actually one of the heritage testing companies has put out. It wasn't 23andMe, it was a different one, but they put out a video that a lot of times where they interviewed like 80 people and they asked them about their prejudices. And it turns out usually people who have prejudice to certain type of person, that's what they are. So I just found that very interesting. I was like, you know, found myself in Ireland, finding myself like, you know, confused by the, the language, not finding the jokes funny, having a little bit of an issue. And then here it is, like, I'm in this Irish community and it turns out I'm Irish. So that was a little bit about the journey of the 23andMe test, which, you know, I know is uh, always getting more perfected as time goes on. So have you gone in, you said it's been a couple of years since you first did it. Have you gone in, say in the last year and see how those percentages have changed? You know, I keep, I keep making a note to do it and I never go, I never go back in and check. Maybe I'll do it after, right after this show and just see if it's changed at all. But really, I mean, it was pretty high Irish and then really, really small trace amounts of a few other places um, like France. And, you know, there was no... Denmark (laughs) at all on there and like trace amounts of French and a few other countries that were kind of surprising as well. So how far back do you know in your family on the paper to kind of match that up to the DNA that you've taken? Yeah, well, so my my aunt that I mentioned on my dad's side of the family that's been doing a lot of research, she recently found out that we have a relative that came through Ellis Island. And, you know, both sides of my family go back to our, our Canadian roots and I'm the only one in New York. So it's like fascinating to me that actually, you know, we, we maybe have a relative that did come through Ellis Island. And so she learned this fairly recently, maybe in the last year. And so it's actually been my intention to go to Ellis Island and look in the library because they have a whole, you know, list of records that you can go through. Mm hmm. And they actually do have those passenger lists online available for free for people to look at. Oh, great. So I can get you the link to that. Yeah. But yeah, those DNA tests are really interesting. Like when I first took mine, I used took mine with Ancestry DNA and it said that I was like 33% Swedish. And I knew like one of my great, great grandparents was from Sweden, but that that didn't match up at all. And then you know, two or three years later, it dropped clear down to 3% uh-huh. as they adjusted the algorithms and everything. And it totally changes. So it's 
it's almost a little bit tricky to like look at those DNA tests and say, that's who I am because it changes all the time as they narrow things down. So it's really interesting how people, when they see their DNA results, they, they think that that's, that's it, but the science changes. And that's why it's so important to go and look at the, what the papers say as well, because that's kind of like saying that you can take, tell somebody is from New York or from Pennsylvania. Right. That's how, like how close we don't in the United States, especially I'm when I'm out West and there's so much distance, we kind of forget how small Europe is. Right. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that your grandparents came over from Denmark right after World War II. What was their reason for coming over? My my mofa was in the military. I think that at that time, you know, I think it was pretty mandatory. I don't know if we had a lot of options, mm-hmm. but I know that they had a they had a choice. They were given a choice. They could either they, to flee. Basically, they could either go to Australia or they could go to Canada. And, you know, they knew nothing about either place. And I remember my mama, I think like, like, like they liked a TV show or liked something that had to do with Canada. And so they just picked Canada. Like it was pretty much like based on nothing that they were like, okay, Canada, sure. And, and then, you know, my mom was born there and five brothers and sisters, and they were all raised in, in Calgary where they moved to, but there was, you know, they kind of lived in a Danish community there. A lot of them kind of centered in the same little area. And my grandfather was a iron worker for a little while. Okay. I was born in Calgary. Oh, I was too. (laughs) Okay. Never know what commonalities. That's another thing with family history is that when you, when you know your history and then you're talking to people, there's more opportunity for connection. Right. Have you had any instances of that as you know your heritage, I mean, it's part of it. What is what you said about you know, being in an Irish community and realizing you have Irish? Are there any other instances where that's happened for you? Well, it was in, when I was in college in my like communications one-on-one class. We had to do our speech on like subculture, and so I wanted. There was a lot of different subcultures I wanted to do, and my teacher kept telling me no, no, no. And then finally, I was like, okay, how about Danish Christmas traditions? And she approved that one. So that was kind of fun because, you know, kind of getting in touch with my mom and my grandma, asking them about the different traditions and kind of, you know, it's things that we'd always done, but I didn't really know why and like learning more about that. I mean, you know, here I am in this Irish community. I mean, just the other night I learned the jig and it feels like, you know, it definitely came very naturally to me. It seems like something I've, I've like done before. So that was kind of fun. And actually I'm looking forward to going to the Irish. Irish Fest this September in in Rockaway in a couple months. It's very interesting how you said that there's part of the these things that you would do that are part of your ancestors' culture that you didn't realize why you were doing it. What's an example of something that you did and now you know why you're doing it? So I guess in like in North America, the tradition around Christmas is that you open the gifts on the morning. And really in the Danish tradition, you open the gifts on the night before. I think it, I'm, 
I don't remember all of the things that I learned during that project, but I think it has to do with like the cold, you know, it's like a colder climate and there's snow. And so it's like impractical to think that, you know, Santa would come or St. Nicholas would come in the morning when there's like a fresh snow, it would be like too, like too cumbersome. So they do it the night before when it's like still falling. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There's a lot of different like special decorations and Mm -hmm. uh, little handmade paper decorations that you make that you weave together and they all have symbols and meaning. Another tradition is a pudding. It's a pudding in it that you have for dessert and it has a nut in it. And the person who gets the nut gets a prize. And I've learned also over the years that it's it's a rice pudding. And I've learned over the years that other cultures do this too. But sometimes the person who gets the nut, it's like a bad thing. Like you have to buy the next prize or you have to be the one who makes the rice pudding next time. Or But yeah, we always did it as a positive thing that you get like a little, you know, a little chocolate or something. Something else that's really, I think, come to North America and grown in popularity is advent calendars. I know last year, advent calendars were really popular and it's something that we've, my sister and I and our family has always done since I'm a kid because it's really big part of the Danish culture to have a, a countdown. Knowing where we come from can influence how we feel about ourselves or can change how we understand ourselves and that kind of can change our perspective looking forward. As you've gone through and learned a little bit more about your ancestors and where they've come from, how has that influenced how you view yourself? Mm-hmm. So my my great-grandmother on my mom's side was a gypsy. And so that's also been kind of interesting is that, you know, we don't know a lot about that. And, you know, I've done a lot of research about gypsies and there's a lot of different theories about where they come from and what their life was like and, you know, where they started. And there's some philosophies that, you know, they are from Romania, others are from Egypt. That's something that I find I like to kind of grasp onto for myself and my own vision of identity of myself is that there is part of like a gypsy spirit in me where, you know, something I really believe in or that I really try to live my life is like around freedom. And, you know, I think that's kind of like this gypsy spirit of I like to dance. I like to to wear like noisy costumes and I definitely have a appreciation for like a nomadic lifestyle. And yeah, I think, you know, Gypsy isn't always something that's like embraced or looked towards positively, but it's something that I've always thought is really cool. And I'm like um, happy to claim it as part of who I am. I think that's something that everybody can learn from. There's there's lots of things in our past and our families. There's the good things and the bad things. And we don't need to characterize. We could characterize part of our family as they're negative. This was all, that's all they are. Or you can choose to pull out the positive things and, and spin it because whatever we focus on grows. So if you're going to focus on the negative, then that's going to grow in your own life. But if you're looking for positive, then you're going to see positive moving forward as well. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any ancestors that you've learned about that you could tell us a story of something that happened to them that was significant to you and impactful to you? 
what's coming to mind right now is that my my dad's great grandmother lived till she was 101. And I met her when I was a little kid, a couple of months before she passed away. And yeah, I always remember thinking like, wow, like our family lives a long time. Like I want to live that long. And, you know, she had a hard life. She was a farmer. She was a pig farmer. I mean, and, you know, I guess I don't know that her life was hard. I assume that it was. I assume like working on a farm, you know, day in and day out has got to have its challenges and its hardships. And yet kind of, I think that having that experience at a young age of meeting a family member of mine that was, you know, significant, a significant age like that, I think got me thinking about this concept of like nature and nurture from a very young age. And I think I've just kind of like, I have this belief that, that we have good genes that last, that I'm going to live a long time. And yeah, and I've always been really like curious about this question of, of nature and nurture. And I think that part of it kind of started with that, with that experience of meeting her and like knowing as a kid, like, wow, this is significant. You know, she's really old. Like, this is amazing. And I remember thinking that, but I don't know a lot of her stories. That might be something to look into because you said that you just assume that her life was hard. And what would happen if you looked for evidence of the good things that were in her life? Yeah. Or the stories, maybe there's other relatives that, that know stories like, what did she like to do? What brought her joy? And I think as we look at our ancestors, our ancestors, we have a connection to, because there's that, that blood relation. So we, we can, tend to look at those people a little bit differently. But as we do that, then it enables us to look at other people that we're not related to differently and wonder what is their story? What's more of their story? Because I know I only know a part of it. Right. Yeah, sure. And that... Yeah. I mean, my my middle name, I was named after my dad's mom and I've always felt connection to her and she was a painter and she loved to paint and she loved to eat ice cream. And I definitely love both of those things. It is great. We just have these those little connections. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything big, just that you love ice cream and so does she. And it's when we get so many of those with our family. And then we can expand that to people that we're not related to. It just makes the world a smaller place and increases our feeling of belonging. Just like you said, you're living in this Irish community. And if you didn't know you had Irish in you, you probably would feel differently than you do now. Absolutely. So what would you say if you had to kind of sum up in a sentence or two, what has knowing some of the stories of your ancestors meant to you? Understanding the path of my ancestors, especially um, on my mom's side, I think has really helped me with my intuition and wanting to embrace my intuitive gifts. Okay. And, and how has your knowing your family done that for you? My grandmother, my mama, was a palm reader and a tarot card reader, and was she was very dismissed by her whole family for doing those things. And when she passed, my aunt got for me a few of her items. The rest, you know, was just thrown away. But she knew that that was something of interest to me. So I have my grandmother's tarot cards, and while 
I know that that was not the modality that my grandmother liked to use. I feel like really appreciative that I have them and that I have like a little piece of her psychic abilities. And I feel like knowing that about her gives me permission to explore that further for myself. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your family stories and and how they've woven into your life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me today for Stories in Our Roots. Please help this podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends. If you have feedback or would like to recommend someone to share their story, head to storiesinourroots.com and fill out the form. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next week.